Welcome to Diary of a New Grad Speechy, your go-to podcast for uni students or speechies who know a little about a lot, giving you handy tips and tricks to survive in the real world, the stuff that no one prepares you for. Hello to our wonderful listeners. Oh, that was a good intro. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to Diary of a New Grad Speechy. We are your hosts, early career speech pathologists. My name is Cass. And I'm Ash. Hopefully you all know us by now. Hopefully. (laughs) But we'll forgive you if this is your first time listening, so thanks for joining. Yeah. Today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about what we wish we knew as students or early new grad speeches. Mm -hmm. Hindsight is wonderful, isn't it, Ash? Yeah, (laughs) it's a good thing. So we will also be giving a few tips and tricks for you all which you can hopefully apply in the real world. As always, we start with our weekly wrap-up. How was your week, Ash? Wrap-up? Is that what it is called? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Wrap the week up. It's a little burrito. Wrap it up. (laughs) Um, I've had a client win this week. One of my clients who is 11 and he is probably, I'm going to say, 80% unintelligible. I emailed his school because I'm just trying to get, I don't know, to see their thoughts and opinions because he's had therapy for four months now and just to see if introducing an AAC low-tech system would be worthwhile for just him communicating at school and in the classroom and his teachers replied back and said that they've noticed a massive difference in his speech and they don't think that he would need an AAC board because he's getting more intelligible every day. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. That is really nice feedback and really good that he's, like, generalising his skills at school as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's really nice. So super happy about that. Yeah, kudos to you for that. Thanks. (laughs) What about you? Any client wins or flops? I had a really nice win on Friday. I had the cutest little kid. We were doing some feeding stuff and it was the second time that I'd met him and his mum said to me that... In the morning when they were getting ready to come and see me, she was like, you've got to put your shoes on so we can go and see Cassie. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I'm going to have to call her and tell her that we can't come. And he's only five. And he was like, mum, that would break my heart if we couldn't go and see Cassie. I know. She's like, you must have made such a good impression. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, well. (laughs) He must see you as just like this amazing person. Like goddess right yeah goddess (laughs) love hard eyes oh that's so cute we thought we would structure today by talking about the things we wish we knew and answering some of your questions from our instagram ash talk us through the first thing you wish you knew as a student okay so the one thing that i really really wish that i knew when i was in university was just about planning for a session and also scaffolding When I was in placement, it was so drilled into us that we literally needed to have the most perfect session plan and every detail and what you're going to say and the step-ups, scaffolding up Mm -hmm. and scaffolding down and all that stuff. And that really stressed me out thinking, oh, I literally have to do, potentially, if I have four clients a day, I have to do four session plans every day. Yeah, but it's not like that. Obviously, you have your goals and you work out what you're going to do for the session. But usually now, if my client is achieving a goal, if I have the tools to scaffold up, then I will. But if they have only just achieved it, I don't scaffold up because they need to build those skills and that goal that you're just working on. So why yeah, scaffold yeah. up if they've only just achieved exactly. it? Exactly, And like also making sure that they can achieve it in other activities as well. Mm. And I always remember thinking like, 
when am I ever going to be able to, like, just plan on the spot? Yeah, you just like, end up doing yeah. it. In reality, you don't have time to mm. do anything in detail. Well, yeah, in detail, but just to do the amount of planning that it would take you in university because you see the child every week, say, if they're weekly, and then you get to know the child so you know what they like and that type of stuff. So that's what makes planning a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah, you're so right. We do do our job. We're not... (laughs) We don't do planning. (laughs) No, I definitely don't mean that. (laughs) What about you, Cass? Any tips for students or new grads? Yeah, something I did at uni, which I think helped me a lot in the job world Mm -hmm. is definitely volunteering at uni where you can yeah and building your networks as a student uh for example I did volunteering at a private speech clinic for a couple of years uh, making resources for them sorting out their their cupboards things like that and then I also did some volunteering at the it was called the cerebral palsy league but I think it's called choice passion life now yeah cpl yeah Yeah. and i think that really gave me a lot of experience to apply and also looks really good in your resume so Mm -hmm. um and in the working world a lot of it is who you know as well so for example like if you do your volunteering at a, a private clinic yeah you can build those networks and relationships and it may or may not lead to a job yeah that's right yeah and then that person your employer of where you're volunteering, well, I shouldn't say employer, but yeah, they know this person exactly. and this person and this person and word always gets around and the speechy world is a really small community if you think about yeah. compared to other professions and yeah. Yeah, it's so true and when you come out you realise like everyone knows everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I recommend volunteering, work experience, um, sitting in on sessions where you can Getting LinkedIn, I got LinkedIn, I think, in my third year of uni, mm-hmm. um, and you build up your network that way. It's a great place to talk to mentors um, and find out about availabilities for yeah. work. Yeah. You can volunteer at places like the hospital, private clinics, universities. Nursing homes. Yeah. Yeah, so pretty much just put yourself out there and create a little blurb that you would say, and obviously just change it for each um, practice or place you want to go and literally just get your word out there and say I'm interested in volunteering seeing how the practice runs that type of stuff gaining experience and yeah. the worst thing someone's going to say is no and then you just try the next yeah, person yeah exactly did you do anything like that at uni Ash? I wasn't as prompt with doing volunteering um, like at a private practice but I did do some volunteering with an AAC group Cerebral Palsy Alliance. Oh, okay. CPA. Yeah. Yeah, so that was down in New South Wales, and that was really nice um, for a nice introduction into what AAC looks like, and especially in a group setting. Yeah. So that was cool. How did did you get that? Did you just... So the uni actually... um, The CPA actually contacted the uni. Yeah. And the uni was just like, if you're interested, let us know. And I just said, yeah, I'm interested. And I think there was three other ladies that did it with me so it was pretty cool I think we did it two or three times which was nice uh other than that I would just try to be active in like the speech pathology um community at uni and helping do bake sales and all that type of stuff and that's always a nice little extra filler in your resume it is yeah I actually off that was the student representative for our year 
um, oh, for spa. You? Yeah. So again, I got to like link in on all the um, spa conferences and the little like phone meetings that they have. So again, it gets your name out there a little bit more. So. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. That's cool. Yeah. That's pretty good. Ooh. Any other tips or something you wish you knew, Ash? Um, just following off because we're going on, you know, just about building your CV. Just in my experiences so far, you know, no, no employer has looked at my GPA yet. No, either. Yeah, which is something I always thought and stressed about, like, oh, I need to get the best marks because, you know, employers will look at your GPA. The only time I have needed to show my GPA was for the new graduate positions with Queensland Health or those type uh, yeah. of things where they have the graduate programs. Yeah. Um, I need – did you need to yeah, submit your GPA? Yeah, because it's really competitive. It's so competitive, yeah. And I think that's a way that they – how they um, filter through everyone. But other than that, if you're just applying for a, a normal practice job and um, – well, I'm not too sure about hospitals if it's not a graduate program – but they don't look at your GPA. They just want to know who you are and your experience yeah. and what you know kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I really was like, oh, I wish I knew that. Yeah, because I think GPAs are great and obviously at uni it's nice to strive towards good mark. But sometimes when you're stressed at uni and you have a thousand other things to worry about. Mm-hmm. Getting that pass is all that you can yeah. really aim to achieve. Yeah, that's right. And I think the biggest learning curve for me was that a lot of people that I knew were super smart on paper, mm. but then that doesn't always mean that maybe you might be the right fit for the clinic or maybe building those relationships with children is harder. Or Yeah, that's right. Yeah, whatever your GPA is doesn't actually determine your practical skills. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to have a good GPA if you want to definitely go into like more academic stuff and get your PhD and research or if you want to further go into go into further studies yeah definitely because you do need it's highly competitive there too so you need that higher gpa but hmm. yeah but just keep that in mind when you're at uni and you're super stressed and you're like oh you know i don't think i'm getting a hd here but as long as you pass that's all that matters yep. i think <laughs> absolutely the next one was something i wish i knew i bought so many textbooks at uni and <laughs> i had all of my notes at exam time i went and got all of my like lecture slides bound into books did you yeah so that I you're one of those people <laughs> literally hate myself and I would have different colored binders for every subject oh with goodness. all my paper notes did you yeah and I was like I'm gonna keep these one day and I'm gonna look back at them when I get a job how much were the was it did it cost to get the binder yeah it did I went to office work how much I can't remember <laughs> <laughs> not money that I should have been spending no. at uni I could have bought like Potentially dinner one night. Yeah. <laughs> so um, in reality, just a little tip, guys, you definitely will not use them mm. and you won't have time. Yeah. Like your workplace will have everything you need. Resources, journal articles, yeah. whatever to go to. Yeah. I, I kept – I wasn't as organized as you. I definitely did not have it in binded, but I have like a plastic sleeve with all of my notes still. Yeah. But actually COVID – when we were in isolation, I actually threw them all out. Yeah, it seems like such a waste of paper. Mm. But. So what textbooks, because I bought some, what mm. textbooks would you 
recommend if they were to buy some textbooks? Yeah, there's, yeah, don't get me wrong, definitely textbooks out there that are great. I really like the Language Disorders in Infants and Adolescents. I think oh, it's yeah. by Rhea and Paul. Yeah, the blue Rhea and one. Paul, yeah. Mm. And the dysphagia one. Yep. Peds and adults. Yep, dysphagia through infants to adults. Yep. Yeah. It's got like a. It's a red cover. Yeah, yeah. By the way, we'll link these yeah. in the show notes because we sound so uneducated I know, I can't right remember now. Them. A book that I used was the Bowman Wrangler book about um, phonological processes and awareness and huh. intervention. I've never even heard of that in my really? whole life. <laughs> oh, my uni was really big on it. And yeah, I always just go to it if I need brushing up on my skills for a phonological approach, mm. that type of thing. That's a good one. But other than that, I think you work out which textbooks yeah. you would like. But in saying that, I only refer to them a little bit. They're not my go-to. No. They just kind of sit on my shelf and make me look smart. <laughs> <laughs> the next thing I think is pretty tricky to manage at uni is the placement that you have to do. Managing that on top of your full-time study, you're living out of home most of most of the time, self-funding placement, you're not working. It's pretty full on. It is full on. And your last year of uni is stressful. Yeah. (laughs) So I think um, my tips for handling all of that is try to get a placement, and obviously some unis are different, Mm -hmm. with somebody else that you know. Um, So I would always opt for like – choosing somewhere that has another student there mm-hmm. or really putting yourself out there and making friends with the other students that are at the same place. I think that makes all the difference just having that social aspect to placement. It can take the pressure off a little bit. Yeah. The other thing would be obviously figuring out like how long you're going to placement for and where you're going to be staying. I stayed at, um, when I was going on placement, I just posted on like buy stuff and sell on Facebook for a room. And yeah, this lady like messaged me back and said she had a room that I could stay in for eight weeks. And I just paid her a hundred bucks and that included like all my bills and everything. It literally was not a mansion, Mm. which is okay. But it's a room for a hundred bucks. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. And it was like, she was just a single mom. So it was kind of like having a mom there. Yeah. yeah, So, and I'd also plan in advance, like obviously how long you're going to be away. So you're saving a little bit. Yeah. So you're not financially stressed. Mm Mm-hmm. You there? Do you have any tips for placement? Yeah, I think um, just trying to think as much in advance as you can. And if you know that you've got this placement coming up, putting away money for it. So then, yeah, if you still have to pay rent when you're away as well, putting money away for rent and just food and just controlling yourself a little bit more with your social life and being like, okay, well, you know, I've got this placement coming up. Maybe I shouldn't go out and have a drink tonight <laughs> because I need to put that $50. Yeah. That's potentially food for the week. It is, yeah. Uh, the other one, well, t- I guess to be blunt, placement is hard. So hard. And the cognitive load, I should say, is just so crazy that you're just exhausted. Mm. So I was pretty lucky that um, with majority of my placements, I was within two-hour drive of where I live. And so... On my big placements, I would do placement Monday to Friday and then I'd drive home and work Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. And then I'd drive back to placement and do placement. So 
for that potential, uh, I think it was seven weeks, you don't have a life. But I just kept thinking, you know, it's getting me through and I need to work. Otherwise, I literally can't pay my way. Yeah. And I just thought it's not forever. And that kind of got me through. Yeah. But I think if I was to have saved previously, I wouldn't have needed to work on the weekends. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think that comes into the next one is just making sure when you're coming out of uni is if your priority is having a nice work-life balance, that that's something that you look for when you're applying for jobs and going to interviews and you'll get a good sense of the practices vibes I'm gonna say when you go there for the interview yeah but work-life balance is hard it is and I think one tip just off that is I always looked up the place that I was going to work on social media Mm. and their website just to see what their or how their engagement was socially like whether they were actively I don't know praising their employees or yeah um, had a nice little like staff profile like something that's like nice and welcoming and belonging you know is going to be really supportive of a good work-life balance and a good team environment yeah yeah that's a really good one I didn't even think to do that but yeah <laughs> stalker I know <laughs> But it makes sense, you know, if they're always praising their employees and obviously that's happening behind closed doors, you would assume anyway and that they would have that good work-life balance. But I think it's just working out what your priorities are as well because you come out of uni and you're literally used to working 24-7 and then when you come to work, it shouldn't be like that. Mm -hmm. But if you're happy doing it, then go for it. But look, I can't say I'm happy doing a report on the weekend. No, No, not at all. Sometimes, like, if, you, if you're one of those people that like to get it done outside of work, sure. to have it off your to-do list, then, yeah. But, yeah, like Ash said, making sure you can discuss that work-life balance in those interviews and making sure that those things are included in your contract. And I think that kind of leads us into, obviously, you know, as a new grad, you're getting a new job, sort of finding your feet. <laughs> you have tough conversations with parents. Something that I learned on placement that I've taken with me in my career, I would always introduce myself as, hey, I'm Cassie. I'm just one of the speechies here. Oh. And putting that sort of just a speechie in your introduction sets the tone, I think, for your dominance mm-hmm. in the session, mm-hmm. if you get me. So I think a big learning curve for me was to really have that dominant sense of authority in your sessions because although parents might think oh my god you're so young like you're a female like are you even qualified what do you know <laughs> do you have any children I hate um, that question. yeah do you have any children no <laughs> why would I want them <laughs> <laughs> but I think you really need to like stand up for yourself like we've gone to uni for four years or or different if you've done your masters and stuff and we actually know what we're talking about like don't don't doubt yourself yeah yeah did you find that was something hard to overcome ash yeah, I think parents can sense your fear too when you're in the session mm. and they're like, oh, this she's a new one. She's a freshie. Yeah. <laughs> but just just keep in the back of your head, you're the speech pathologist, not the parent. Mm. You know what you're talking about. And if you don't, you don't always need to provide answers. No. You can just say, you know what, that's a good question. I'm not too familiar with it, but I will get the answers for you and let you know next session, yeah. something like that. And don't, yeah, don't let... A, parents question make, make you, doubt, you yourself. doubt yourself or mm. become anxious and you've done the four years of study you know what you're talking about than the parent so when you're going into placement and when you're starting a new job 
just believe in yourself and believe in what you're saying too because if you don't believe in what you're saying then the parents are not going to believe in what you're saying either nope (laughs) another thing that i wish i knew was that there are so many free professional development workshops online on speech pathology australia on queensland health and there's also the mentoring available on Speech Pathology Australia's website. Mm. So I recommend becoming a student member yeah. because little tip, it also makes your professional membership cheaper. So much cheaper. And accessing all of the free PD workshops there. I will pop the link to the free feeding Queensland Health one in our show notes as well, which is yeah. amazing. Mm, that's do. a really good mm. one. And it's so nice that there is a lot of free things around. You just have to no know nowhere to look. Yeah. Mm. To finish off this episode, Ash, let's have a chat about go-to resources that we can use for lots of different things because Mm -hmm. let's be honest, none of us have time to be laminating and cutting and purchasing all of this stuff. So I always like to have a resource bag, as I mentioned on our Instagram a few weeks ago, Mm -hmm. where I have about five key resources in there that I take everywhere with me. And I know I can always use them for so many different things. Yeah. Do you have the same kind of setup with a go-to resource bag? Mm-hmm. I have quite a few in my resource bag and I try to have, you know, choose a toy that I can use for someone who's two and then also someone who is a bit older. Yeah. So what's in your bag, Cass? <laughs> my bag of tricks. Um, first, you would have seen on our Instagram my famous wind-up toys Mm -hmm. absolutely love them they're awesome so if you haven't seen that video just jump on our instagram and watch that in our highlights yep the second one that i take everywhere with me and it cost me five dollars from kmart love that (laughs) loves a bargain yes (laughs) is the game headbands or what's on my head Mm -hmm. love it i use it for you can use it for speech sounds is it for categorization because there's like Pictures of, like, vehicles, animals, occupations. Is there food? Yeah, there's food. Some food. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll use that for so many different things. Language development, we, I use it a lot for describing. Mm-hmm. So some vocab. Use it for, like, visualising and verbalising. Yeah. Receptive language. Everything. I used it the other day for keeping a rounded position with their lips and talking, and we kind of flipped the game a little bit but the target sentence was do you have and do you is like exaggerated rounded position oh, yeah so like i guess idea. um motor movements of speech as well you can do yeah yeah super cool hmm. the next one is obviously my favorite resource which is bubbles yeah cost me 50 cents from target i love using these for little ones for anticipating routines we can make requests so for more bubbles um, lots of speech sounds. So, like, when we're popping the bubbles, we can do, like, a p p You can also use it for imitation, so imitating, like, blowing bubble movements. You can also use it for turn-taking as well. Mm-hmm. Like turn-taking. Turn-taking. 99% of the time, the kid wants, <laughs> wants to turn, and other ones to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, so. yeah. And some Play-Doh. Yeah. Um, Play-Doh is really good for, obviously, concepts like push, Squash, roll, yeah. big, small, lots of those language targets. You can also do like an imaginative one and uh, make an animal and then you can just grab the animal and get the child to try work out what they're doing and then what you're making and then 
yep. vice versa. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. I also like it for speech sounds as well. Um, say if we're doing like clusters or a final consonant deletion, like having the Play-Doh there as a visual, mm. a sound exists. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Like a Play-Doh <laughs> smash mat. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll take it away if they take, if they don't use the sound. And, ah. Hmm. Do you ever get them to like smash the end of the Play-Doh when they say the final sound? No. Like pop? No? No. Nah. Oh, that's so a good it, one. I'll ah, have to show you. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, so my resources that I have in my bag, I have a thing that is kind of like the semantic feature analysis, but it's for describing. So we've got an animal's one and then an object's one, and it's literally just a piece of paper, and it's got your circle in the middle and then the branches oh, yeah. out, so pretty much like an SFA. Yeah. And then you've got size. Say I'm doing animals' size, body parts, um, coverings, which means like it's its skin, what it eats, where it lives, what noise it makes, and special features about it and color and I love this for describing building up receptive language um, expressive language that type of thing yeah great I also like to use it for and then there's an objects one which is similar but not where it lives it's just like location what it's used for who uses it that type of thing yeah and I really like to use it with speech as well so I will have like I uh, speech sounds so I'll do like a nice spy game and I've got all the the target words up on the whiteboard and I'll say I spy something and then I go through and do the SFA for that word because then it's also building up the child's receptive language for the word that they're yeah talking about and it's yeah. and it's nice because then they have a go yeah, so, and a bit more of a spontaneous, like, sentence-level task as well. Yeah, yeah, mm. this is well, yeah, when we're trying to generalise it. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Another one that I like is barrier games. Mm-hmm, same. So, yeah, they're really good for following directions, concepts. You can do speech sounds as well. So many. Because you can use your target cards as the barrier pitches. Yeah, storytelling, um, storytelling. story retail. Yeah. Another one that I use all the time and you don't need anything is um, like a hide-and-seek game. Oh, love that. <gasps> I do that with my wind-up toys. <laughs> yeah, hide-and-seek. What do you do with it? Literally everything. If they're movement-seeking, I will do hide-and-seek with everything. Yeah. I'll find a it's way amazing. for them to get up and find the piece that we need. But usually I like it for following directions with prepositions. Yeah. And getting them also to then tell me where they have found it. And I usually like to use an ALS board to help with the understanding of the concept. Yeah. So if they put it under the table and then it can say, be like, I found the cat under the table and it's a really long, nice sentence. Yeah. But pretty much when you start to use a resource, you will literally just get random ideas of how you can ex- keep expanding the resource and using it with a wide variety of mm. Clients and for goals and that type of thing. Yeah. So something that I like to do is when I get a resource and if I've used it a few times, I like to think, okay, sit down. How can I use this for a receptive language goal? Or how can I use this for an expressive language goal? How can I expand on it? Um, If I could use it for speech sounds as well. So just sitting down and having a brainstorm helps you to have some more go-to resources. Yeah. And you don't need a lot. Like Ash said, if you've got some there, just find ways to use it Mm. for different things. Yeah, and the last thing is probably my favourite paper resources would be the Orchard Games. Oh, my God. Love them. (laughs) They're literally so much. They're literally so good. Um, Yeah. You can 
they have a website called the Orchard Toys or mm, something. I think so. Or they're just at Office Works. Office Works. Yeah. I love the shopping list. Like that is legit my favorite game on earth. <laughs> yeah, they're awesome. Play every day. And, and the Super Duper Toys. Yeah. Games so good as well. Amazing. They have like verb tensing ones. Yeah. Auditory processing. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were looking for toys, I would definitely point you in the direction of looking at the Orchard Toys or Super Duper. Yeah. Or yeah, just sitting some sitting down with some time and thinking about how you can use your toys in other ways. In other ways. Yeah. Yeah. And asking other people as well how they use theirs. Mm. Well, that's all that we have time for today. As always, thank you so much for listening to another episode. We hope that you're able to take a few tips and tricks away from our experiences so far, and hopefully it helps you in the future. Stay tuned for next week as we are going to have our first ever guest speaker. Yay, so excited. Yeah, so excited about that. We can't wait. All right, thanks so much, guys. Bye. See ya. listening to Diary of a New Grad Speechy with your hosts, Cass and Ash. If you like what we have to say, please give us a follow on Instagram at Diary of a New Grad Speechy. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review below. Thanks so much and see you all next week. Bye. Bye.